Hello, I'm Sarah Brennan and welcome to Leader to Leader. This is the podcast series where leaders in the third sector talk about their experience of what it's really like to be a leader today. Today, my guest is Catherine Roche. Catherine is the Chief Executive of Place to Be, the brilliant national organisation providing mental health support in schools across the UK. Their support ranges from counselling to family support to professional training. In the time I've known it, Place to Be has grown from a small organisation to being very national and employing over 500 staff. Like so many organisations, they had to respond rapidly to the pandemic by completely changing their ways of working. They went from face-to-face counselling and support to an online service. By doing this, they successfully continued their help to children, young people and schools throughout the challenges of COVID-19 and the school closures. Catherine has been a leader in the organisation since 2003, first as a pro bono management consultant, then loving the organisation so much, joined as Chief Operating Officer, and now for the last eight years, Catherine has been the Chief Executive. Catherine, welcome. Uh, Catherine, you've been at Place to Be for many years, nearly over 18, and it's fantastic to have you here today. So I just want to say thank you for coming. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted to be here, Sarah. I wanted to kick off really about your journey getting to Place to Be in the first place. You started off, I understand, working for KPMG in the private sector, being a consultant and had spent time in America, studying in America before that. How did you come from being a consultant with um, an international company, KPMG, to being the chief executive of a charity called Place to Be? It was an interest, probably an interesting route at the time. Uh, and it probably started before before being at KPMG. I originally uh, trained as a teacher when I uh, was in university back in Cork in Ireland and spent a number of years teaching uh, in France, so overseas. And at that point, uh, I'm, I was lucky enough to work with an incredibly inspirational lady from India, as it happens who really encouraged me to think about, well, she planted the idea of doing an MBA, actually, going back to to business school because I was teaching adults at that point. Uh, So from there, I went on the journey to do an MBA, which was a studying in in Boston University, and then loved the the projects, the, the nature of the projects on the MBA program and discovered this role of consultancy. So that idea of starting a project, clear goals and objectives and completing a project and then getting on with the next thing. I absolutely loved that, got real energy from that. Uh, Joined KPMG and then within the team, I joined a group called Strategy Economics and Marketing. And we used to do lots of different and quite unusual uh, non-standard, if you like, projects. And we had an inquiry uh, from our, what would now be our corporate social responsibility team to get involved in a charity um, who was interested in looking at uh, business plans. And that was Place to Be. So that was Benny, who had founded Place to Be, had reached out to KPMG. 
So I got involved. We often saw projects of this nature as a way of building and developing skills. And since I'd started on the ground floor as a consultant, it was a great opportunity for me to just stretch myself in shaping a project and all the rest. Um, I absolutely loved working with Benny and the team, even though I didn't really understand anything about mental health at that stage. But I did, I did have an idea about schools and education and in fact, that's what, what my manager at the time said. This would be a this is a project that really fits with your background. Um, so got involved with Benny, with the team, and and then it sort of grew from there, from a, being involved in a number of different projects over a couple of years to then place to be at the being at the point where they were recruiting for a chief operating officer, and I decided to apply. And then on we go. So it's almost like the path was laid for you in a way. It sounds like things dropped into place. But you would have been involved in in private sector companies and the and you would have seen leadership and been advising uh, leaders in those organisations. And then to come into um, a charitable organisation and and do the same. Was it very different? Was it a different experience, the the way leadership works? So the work that we did at KPMG actually was often sitting across those boundaries of private sector, public sector, uh, and the, the step into the voluntary sector wasn't that different in that sense. So we were often working across different sectors with different motivations and delivering public services or with an ethos around that. I th- and then also, I think the ethos, particularly within Place to Be and from our board, was very much, it, we are an organisation who wants to be efficient and effective, delivering a great service for our beneficiaries. Um, we've got to run in a business-minded way. So that ethos was always there within Place to Be. Um, again, we're we're delivering impact for children, for schools, uh, but the business has to run efficiently and has to stack up as a business. Um, so in that sense, or some of the principles in running an organisation were, were very similar. Mm. And the organisation has grown significantly since you've been there. Do you think having that approach and having that eye to the business as well as to the, well, not even as well as the charitable links, it's actually as the, the business side, they're having a clear idea about the effectiveness and impact is maybe critical to both achieving its goals as an organisation, but also to then creating credibility and being able to do more of it. Would you say that that's a, one of the critical success factors of the organisation? Most definitely. Um, you have to understand, well, in my view, you have to understand the impact that you are having. Um, we have to be able to do that as, uh, or we need to strive to do that as efficiently, as effectively as we can. Our operations need to be efficient when we're growing as an organization. Our teams you know, need to be motivated. We have to be good at things like um, setting up projects, delivering, managing the expectations of our big inverted commas customers, 
looking at the impact that we have. Are we doing it effectively? So there are lots of sa- the same principles as you have in, in any organisation. So for you as a leader, those things sound like they are absolutely core to your approach to leading an organisation. Would you say that was true? Understanding the impact of what we're doing is definitely, definitely core and then constantly striving to improve that and make that more effective. In our world, it's about how do we reach more children, more schools, make the best impact on on people's and our communities' lives as we can. Um, you know, in another world, that might be about generating income, generating profits or surplus, but the principles of running an effective business are are, are the same. Mm. And do you think that's typical of charities or do you think that's only among some? I, I think there are some who focus more on that, uh, but I think it's also, it also depends on what the charity does. I mean, they're very different types of charities. We are a service delivery organisation. Um, a charity that is about uh, campaigning or lobbying or um, in it, which is do, going about its work in a, in a different kind of way might look at things a bit differently or there would certainly be different measures um, in how you do it. It's, I think it depends on the nature of the charity and within place to be, I think we're very clear we are a service delivery organisation first and foremost. And that's one of the things that, that motivates me, that I enjoy. Yes. And and it gives the organisation a very strong drive, I guess. I mean, and, and that, that from the people I've met in your organisation, that is very clearly there. And one of the things I wonder about is when you've got, I mean, a large staff staff team and volunteer team who you depend on as well for delivery, all of whom are very committed and very passionate about what they do, all with very strong ethical base and um, and working with children always, people have a strong ethical base, I think, especially with service delivery how you are able or how you have uh, achieved a sense of togetherness of everyone doing going in the same direction and everyone have working to the same standards because that can be challenging sometimes when people think no no this is the right way to do it <laughs> um and in a service delivery organization um that can often be the case you have you know it is healthy as well to have those tensions, but how have you gone about creating that strong sense of togetherness that Place to Be pr- pr- provides? I think first and foremost, anybody who works in our organisation is focused on outcomes for for the children. So the child is absolutely at the centre of what we are doing. And I think that can be very, that is a different, perhaps a different feature within, again, coming back to a voluntary sector organisation or an organisation delivering social impact. I think that ethos that really brings people together, the aim to deliver, to best support the children, they're absolutely at the heart of why we are all here, that sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. 
And then I think the values over the years, we've done a lot to, uh, we defined from a very early stage, actually coming from Benny, again, as our our founder, the, the values which are perseverance, integrity, compassion, and creativity. And thinking through at varying stages of the organization's growth and development, what do they mean practically in our work? and how they relate to our day-to-day behaviors and how we are for all of us whether we sit whether we sit in the in the back office or whether we are in the schools i think we all feel that connection um, and going going to what we call a being is believing visit where we go into a school and we hear about how our service is delivered on the ground what it means for the school leader, the class teachers, the parents, the children, when that's the thing that grounds us all, if you like, and brings us all together. Mm. That sounds really strong as well, like a very strong root that kind of holds the organisation true to itself as well, um, I guess, uh, in in terms of what you do. And I'm also interested in your in your path because moving from chief operating officer to chief exec, I mean, many people do it, but there is that whole thing, isn't there, where when you're in a different position, a different role of the organisation, suddenly you see things differently. And I I wondered, especially with uh, a passionate and charismatic founder, if what it was like to move from the coup position to the CEO position and as a Again, I think as a leader, what that what that meant in terms of how you how you behaved or how you managed yourself and the, and the organisation. Uh, so that's a really really interesting <laughs> question, Sarah. Um, just thinking about what you what you've reminded me of that the, the, deciding. Do I go? Do I apply for this role of CEO? You know, what are my options? Uh, and thinking it through. When I was in that role of chief operating officer, do I want somebody else to come in and and be the? Can I do it, or can can somebody else come in and be the chief executive? And then what would I think about that? I think Benny and myself work so closely, hand in hand together over over the years. We're very different characters. I've I very much pictured myself as the the kind of hard hat, let's make it work. Where's the plan? Where are the milestones? Where are the work streams? And then to go off and make it happen. Uh, obviously, Benny plays a huge role in that also. Yeah, yeah. Um, but was very much, uh, much more focused on the external world and environment, where as the organization became... Uh, became larger. I think more of my time was on the internal workings and the making it happen. So, but I, I, I felt that I really, uh, in terms of our overall plan, uh, it was the organisation was looking for somebody to continue on the same journey. So, not somebody who was coming in to make to completely throw things up in the air and completely change direction. So, it was very much a progression. So, and I felt I could do that. And that I could do that really well. Uh, so applied for the role. That was a terrifying experience and <laughs> being interviewed because you also you you're thinking I really want this, but I'm actually really yes. different. Yeah. And how's it going to be? Um, I had a and then actually I had a terrific uh, pro bono 
supporter who was a professional coach who prepared, who worked with me on that very question of how is it different? What's the lens you look at things through as a chief operating officer to when you are the chief executive? And how will you be seen by people? Um, and to prepare me for that, stepping into a different a different role and a different set of shoes, if you like, um, uh, which was incredibly, incredibly beneficial to, to get me to step back and think a bit differently about it. Um, and I think the role as CEO, much more of my time is, is of course, is external to what it, what it had become as chief operating officer. So it's just a different a different mix. So you don't feel that you have had to change your style or your approach as chief executive from how you were as the coup? Well, people people used to always think oh goodness uh, Catherine goes back to her teaching days and my you know red pen and the detail <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I myself worry sometimes that I am well as some I've come at it from knowing the organization from the inside out and sometimes you do have yes. to remind yourself to step right back from it um, and make sure that we we keep um, open enough and that we're hearing enough and clear enough about what's going on in our outside world, but which we are within the sector, I think, with with wider wider chief execs and wider goings on in the sector, which keeps us keeps us moving forward. So it's worked well, actually. Yeah, in terms of my own personal style, I don't I haven't changed my my I don't think I've changed my personal style. I I think I'm this uh, very similar type of person yes yes I was just really asking about whether you felt that oh as the chief exec leader I I need to be I don't know not being so spontaneous or I don't know if there were traits that you felt that sometimes people expect things of themselves when they become a chief executive about what what is appropriate behavior or what is how to be that leader as a as a in in a chief executive position rather than you know there are leaders in all parts of the organization but um so I was just interested to know if that had been a challenge but it sounds like you you just stepped into it very easily and straightforwardly <laughs> oh you're a natural so, clearly oh Sarah steep steep learning curve learning every single day um and of course, you're in different environments. And as the organization grows, there are different expectations as well. I think, yeah. uh, you yes. know, uh, in terms of positioning within the sector and the scale and uh, as we grow in experience as well. Yes, that's interesting that you think as the organization has grown, actually that changes the what you have to do and what you have to think about. There are, there are different sorts of challenges that you need to consider. So, as you say, your role, you know, your position within the sector as a whole. Uh, certainly, because from the er in the earlier days, we we were very much the the small, innovative, um, you know, interesting organisation. So even for funders, you know, funders who who are others who might see us as as you know as a small, innovative, creative organisation who is growing, who has ambitious plans, and we're getting there. But then, then there kind of comes a period of time where, where you're in a meeting, somebody goes, oh, yes, but you're a place to be. You're the big national organization. 
that was a real step when when you when you know I was suddenly aware that we were seen differently as an organization as major players within the child mental health arena mm. well and highly respected i think part of that was that was the respect and credibility that place to be has within the sector that it, that what you do has impact you know exactly what you said you felt was really important to pay attention to is what then other people reflect back really i suppose to you because because of the impact because of the you can show what you do uh, so it's quite interesting isn't it how it kind of comes full circle yeah and 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 i think that's everybody within the organizations works so hard and and continues to work so hard to achieve that everybody goes back to the difference we're all trying to make for children and and we know that by evidencing that that helps to further and improve both our work as well as making that wider case for children's mental health within the system as a whole. That's it from this episode of Leader to Leader. I do hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please rate and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Next time, Catherine comes back and she will be talking specifically about how they rose the challenges of the pandemic and the enormous impact COVID-19 had on children's lives and schools. Until then, take care.